Hello, and welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast. I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a licensed registered doctor of naturopathic medicine and the creator of the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a system for helping both adults and children make peace with their bodies, weight, and relationship with food so they can pursue health in the most relaxed and enjoyable way. Hi, and welcome back to day 65 of the 85-day experiment. Uh, I know many of you have been along for this whole ride, and I've said thank you before. I just want to say, again, I appreciate you. You have no idea how inspiring it is to see those of you tuning in every day and listening and sort of eagerly anticipating these episodes. After yesterday's episode, though, (laughs) where I rambled quite a bit, I feel compelled to just remind everyone particularly anyone who may be just tuning in, that this 85-day podcast experiment is about food for thought, exploring topics around food and body without feeling the need to come to final conclusions or exhaustively explore topics. I have, I currently have three major series, of, um, a body image masterclass called Seven Days, Seven Stories, a summer body series, which if those of you who are tuning in and listening to these daily mini-sodes haven't listened to, you might want to go and listen to before the summer fully hits. And I have a series for kids. And those series are, you know, they're, they're, they were planned and they're thought out and, um, you know, put, really pulled together in a more formal way. But this is different, right? I'm writing in pencil. I'm chatting about what it feels about what feels most present to me in my week, in my work. Um, And the goal is not just to be teaching you or educating, but more so to be walking alongside you, talking about what's coming up in my work. Because what I have found, my experience, is that when I have one person going through something in my practice, there are actually many people going through that same thing. Like there's this synchronicity that happens. And so um, the idea with this podcast is just to sort of, you know, chat, discuss, throw topics out there for discussion, and they're not going to be perfectly curated or pulled together. And that's really not the goal. It's just conversation and daily inspiration and motivation to stay on your own path and process to making peace with food and your body. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about a non-diet approach to medical restrictions. And so this can happen. There are a number of reasons why someone may have food restrictions. They could have allergies, right? Like a, an anaphylactic allergy, or they could have um, more like sensitivities. They could be suffering from an autoimmune condition or a chronic illness. There are many reasons why someone may have a medical restriction put on their food. And there can be food shifts and changes that an individual makes that can make a huge difference in how they feel, especially when they are suffering from those conditions. So the question that I often get is like, how does this work in the anti-diet, intuitive eating, competent eating world? And I'm going to read a piece that I wrote in the fall to you. But first, I just want to talk about one concept before we get into it. First of all, if a food does not agree with your body, like if it causes your joints to ache and swell, if it causes an anaphylactic reaction, If it causes your hair to fall out, 
or for your skin, like your psoriasis or your eczema to break out. It is part of the intuitive eating process to notice that and to become in tune with that and to be able to work with that information to reduce or minimize or take those foods out of your diet so that you can feel well as often as possible, right? Like intuitive eating is about listening to your body and our bodies communicate to us in many different ways and our bodies can be communicating to us through pain, inflammation, um, and more serious health concerns and giving us information about our lifestyle and food. But first thing I just want to mention is that word I just said right there, which is lifestyle. And what I often see when I work with individuals in this type of a scenario is that almost all of the focus, it's not completely true for everyone, but what I often see is a an overwhelming preoccupation and focus on food and what food is doing in the body. And forgetting that our life, our lives and our lifestyles are comprised of many different factors that affect our health and that we can work on all of those factors. So that's the first thing I always talk about is like, are we looking at your health in a really broad way or are we only just like hyper-focused on food? Um, the other thing that I'll say is that when foods are truly detrimental for health and people understand that in an objective and neutral way, they tend to avoid those foods with relative ease. So for example, when someone has a peanut allergy, they don't tend to struggle to avoid peanuts. It's just sort of like a neutral fact. And actually, um, as part of the work that I do with children in dealing with kids that have allergies, there are techniques and and approaches that we use to really approach allergies as neutrally and objectively as possible to help facilitate that. And again, that's not, I never, I, I never say, I try to never say never and never say always, um, but that's a, a bit of a, a fairly true generalization that when people have like an anaphylactic allergy, they don't tend to be in this ongoing power struggle battle with the food that they have an anaphylactic allergy to because the information is just so definitive and objective and neutral and they just can, it's very, it's like clear cut, eat it and die. You know, there's something about that that makes it very easy for, for people. And I don't mean easy, it's an easy situation. It's not an easy situation to have an anaphylactic allergy. I just mean when it comes to making the decision to cut the food out, that tends to be a little bit more simple. There are also some personalities that just approach food in a less emotional way Um you know, I often talk about the fact that food is not just fuel, right? But for some people, it is. Some people, you know, there are many different personalities out there and many different ways of engaging with food. And there are some people that really do just treat food in a more neutral, objective way. And they're like, eh, it's just fuel. So if they were to find out like, oh, I can't eat gluten or dairy is making me feel bad, they would just cut it out and move on with their day and not think twice about it. Um but for those who tend to be asking me this question, like how can I work with my medical restrictions or my sensitivities or my allergies or my illness um, from a non-diet approach, for those asking, there tends to be a struggle involved and the situation is more complicated. So I just want to say like if you happen to be someone who has something going on and you cut a food out and it's no big deal at all and you just cut it out and you feel a million times better and there's no backlash eating or reactive eating or whatever like cool that's amazing if you're listening to your body and you're doing what's right for your body that's great that's perfect that that is intuitive eating right um 
But for those who have a history of dieting and restriction and body image, and when food is tied up with weight as much it is tied as much as it is tied up with health, it can be challenging to make these decisions and to feel neutral and objective and clear cut with what you're doing. And so things get complicated and messy and making the decision to cut something out could actually trigger a lot of negative behaviors. So it's why it's one of the main reasons that I talk about separating weight and health. You know, this is why, because when they're tangled up, it becomes very difficult to make objective, neutral decisions for your health when we need to, right? Um, But the other thing is that if you are one of the people that fall into this category where making the decision is complicated because of your history or your current relationship with food, and if um, you have a history of, of negative patterns with food in your body, this may be a place where you struggle forever in the future. And you may never be someone who easily, objectively, and neutrally cuts out food. That doesn't mean that we that it that it never works for anyone. It doesn't mean that we can't improve the situation. And that's what I'm going to talk about in today's podcast. But I just want to qualify that there's this is like a different situation if you have been in a struggle with a power struggle with food in your body for a while, even when it's for a good reason right? Even when it's for your health, it still remains a complicated, sensitive, potentially challenging situation. And we just need to be aware of that as we work with um, and work toward the medical restrictions and doing the things that make your physical body feel good. Okay, so I'm going to read to you the piece that I wrote uh, in the fall on this topic. The piece that I wrote revolves around um, questions that I was getting about how do I manage my chronic illness? How do I manage my medical restrictions from a non-diet perspective? So here's the bottom line. The question has many iterations, but here's the basic formula. I have been living and struggling with blank, fill in the chronic illness for X number of years. I know from my fill in the blank health practitioner or professional, that I should be avoiding a long list of foods. But every time I try, I just get pulled back into fill in the blank, some form of food struggle anywhere along the spectrum of mild to debilitating. How can I manage my health without getting pulled back into diet culture? Here's the answer in a longish roundabout way, as if you expected anything else from me. When working with women, I often talk about a food pyramid. Not like the one in the United States that tells you which food groups to eat, but more like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Do you know it? It's a theory of human psychology that describes the fact that when we're struggling to meet our most basic survival needs, we aren't exactly in a place to strive for higher levels of self-actualization. I.e., if you don't have a roof over your head, you likely aren't in a place to meditate yourself towards enlightenment. I would liken my, quote-unquote, pyramid of food needs to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as in when you are struggling to just get food into yourself in a reasonable way, it's pretty much impossible to attend to loftier food goals. I think, or should I say thought, it was genius. Women could really understand why 
They were having trouble committing to superfoods and anti-inflammatory diets when they were having trouble with the most basic aspects of feeding themselves. A side note for those who haven't been following my work, to our body, when we're on diets or in the restriction binge cycle associated with dieting, it feels to our body that we do not have enough food or that food security is threatened. It doesn't matter that you could just eat anytime. When you are not attending to your body's hunger and appetite signals in the pursuit of weight loss, your body feels deprived. I plan to actually sketch out the pyramid and make it a thing. I was pretty sure I'd rule the world with this drawing. And then maybe a year ago, I was skimming through Pinterest looking for an infographic that would articulate some concept I was trying to explain. And I found the food pyramid <laughs> as already defined and described by the Ellen Satter, my teacher. And at first I was like, oh my God, I knew it. There is a pyramid of food needs. And I was super excited. Um, I danced around stopping just for a few little minutes of ragey jealousy that Ellen Satter had discovered and articulated the concept first. <laughs> the sulking got a wee bit worse when I dug into her explanation of the pyramid, only to discover that she also likens it to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, come on, universe. But anyway, I'm over it. And it's a concept that holds true. You don't need to understand the levels, all of the levels of the hierarchy of food needs pyramid, except to understand that when you are struggling in your relationship with food to get enough food and or reliable ongoing access to food, because diet culture keeps us in a state of constant deprivation on one level or another, you will struggle to move up that pyramid to reach higher levels of instrumental food. That is being able to use food to alter or manage your health. That's like at the tip of the pyramid. I see women in a revolving door, basically spinning between levels of reliable ongoing access to food. And again, this is as perceived by your body. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't actually have access to food. It's just because your body feels like it doesn't have access to food that you say stuck on the bottom level. So I see women revolving between that bottom level where their body feels unsure and uncertain about whether it will get fed and then trying to stick with the very top of the pyramid where they're using foods to affect their health and they drop back down to the bottom and up to the top and down to the bottom it's dizzying a few months ago on instagram i posted a quote that said it's your relationship with food over your specific, the specifics of your food. So I prioritize our relationship with food over the specifics of our food. And some people were like, huh? I was trying to articulate the pyramid theory in a different way. As in, before you take on the work of worrying about, learning about, and applying the specific foods you want to eat and put into your body, you first need to have a solid, healthy relationship with food. Without the relationship as the foundation, you will end up in that revolving door and it will feel bad. And you will not be able to figure out why you can't stick with anything, even when it's for your health. When you are in a place where your body is worried about getting enough food or having reliable access to food, which is what dieting and manipulating your food feels like in your body, any kind of food avoiding, even for really good reasons, will further trigger feelings of not enough and keep you stuck at the bottom of the pyramid. So what does that mean? 
Does it mean that you can't attend to your health via food? No, of course not. But it does mean that the biggest, best thing you could possibly prioritize when it comes to your health is healing your relationship with food. I also work with women to find ways of using food and movement therapeutically that does not trigger feelings of deprivation. These tend to be milder strategies that I call adding in strategies, but they still work. Health is not zero or 100%, it's a continuum. And we can work on sliding you up the scale in smaller, more incremental ways, working toward your therapeutic food goals while healing that relationship with food. But the bottom line, if you can't do the thing that is truly best for your health, it's because somewhere your brain is still living in diet mentality. There is still a fear of food insecurity and you need to start there. Okay, that's where I'm going to leave it for today. It's a big, huge, complicated topic. Um, And if you need to work on it, then let's work on it. Book a how to eat session with me. Consider doing some coaching. I know that there's a feeling that it should be easy, that if it's the healthy and right thing to do, it should be simple and easy. But there are many things in our lives that we participate in and that are worth it every single day that are not easy. Things that don't come naturally, that we have to learn about in order to do them better. Parenting, our relationships, the way we handle money. You know, these are all things that we need to invest in in one way or another. And if you are struggling to adhere to medical food restrictions or diets that you know physically make you feel better but you just can't then to me this is something that we need to work on and we need to work on it individually because there will be um, different obstacles for every person that is working is working through it so uh, email me hello at foodfreedombodylove.com and don't forget if you're loving the podcast please 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 go to itunes rate and review it it really does make a difference talk to you tomorrow Thank you.